0: Welcome to Crafty Sourcer. If you're looking for a raw, unfiltered podcast on all things sourcing in APAC, you've come to the right place. Grab a coffee or wine and join your host and other guests as we dive deep into the complex and ever-evolving world of sourcing, keeping you informed on insights, tools, and
1: even at times, a healthy sourcing debate or two.
0: Now, here's your host, Denise Pereira from Kaleidosource. Settle in and let's get crafty.
1: Hi, everyone. We are back with another episode of the Crafty Saucer. Our guest today is Bipul Chaudhary, who is a recruiting director with 17 years of experience across multiple industries and countries. And if you checked out the teaser last week, in his time off, after the metal layoffs, he has leaned into baking and cooking courses. So let's get into it and let's get crafty. Bipul, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Denise. I really really appreciate to be here.
1: No, thank you. Whipple, before we get into our chat, quick intro for our listeners. Who is Whipple and at what stage did you realize sourcing needs a stage of its own?
0: Sure. So, uh, you know, I started my career in sourcing. Uh, I was originally with uh, Kelly Services, part of their RPO division, doing an on-site RPO at at GE Healthcare. And uh, I I had my second day was what they called AIRS training, uh, which may or may not be... (laughs) Something that many readers here are familiar with, but uh, that that's how I first got started. And you know, as I progressed through my career, you know, I was a I was a recruiter, and then I made the jump from sort of the RPO space to in house with Accenture. Uh, with Accenture, I became recruiting leader for for the U.S. tech division, and then you know, about five or six years in, into my time at Accenture, my 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 partner, my wife, she needed to move to to asia to singapore for her job and so i i followed her i was the trailing spouse and um, i was just really fortunate to uh land a job at meta a couple of months after we had arrived uh there i was originally the sort of tech uh apac recruiting leader uh, and then as things progressed we went through a pretty massive reorg and i Became uh, the international uh, sourcing director for Meta in about uh, early 2021. Uh, so just a little bit of my my background, and then you know, in terms of what stage did I realize sourcing needed a stage of its own? I, pretty early on, right? So I think about when I first started uh, working as a sourcer, You know, the the team didn't really know what to do with me, and I remember very early on, I my day was literally you know, for these evergreen roles was finding resumes on on Monster, on Career Builder, and putting them into uh, folders for potential future opportunities. And and that's all I did for the first like three or four months. I didn't even talk to a candidate. Uh, and so as sort of time progressed, like I, I learned how to, you know, interview candidates and, and things like that. And then as I became a recruiter, and I talked to other recruiters, the other thing I realized is that Many of the recruiters I personally worked with either didn't have time to source or they were so nervous about it, like they just didn't know how. And so, you know, I think that's when I kind of recognized, okay, this is a specialization that needs, you know, leadership strategy, you know, all those sorts of things if you really want to do well. And and, and my personal experience is, you know, it kind of really helped shape that for me.
1: That's really interesting. And we'll probably touch on your intro point that you just said that there are people who probably didn't know how to source. And there is a question that I have for you, which I will ask you later. But before we get into the other part, how are the cooking, cooking and baking classes going for you?
0: <laughs> uh, pretty well. I, I will admit I don't bake as much as I, I would like to, but, um, you know, I got the highest, highest compliment I could ask for, which you know, a cu- a couple of weeks ago, my wife said to me, you know, you're actually, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I've learned to to make a lot of different dishes uh, here, a lot of different styles. And I'm most, I think for me, what I'm really proud of is, you know, I, I come from from Indian parents who immigrated to the US. I'm able to sort of recreate some of their recipes or, or recipes I found other places and they're they're acceptable to my to, to to what my mom used to make when I was growing up. So I think that's where I'm most proud of in terms is terms of being able to make uh, Indian food that that that's tasty.
1: And you know what? If your spouse is your your biggest and harshest critic, and if they're saying that you're doing a good job, then you're absolutely doing a good job.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> now, Vipal, you've you've been in the recruitment game for for a long time, and you know you worked for. Some well-known names like you know Meta and uh, Accenture. You've seen how talent functions can be set up and how they should be set up. So my question to you is: What does a good sourcing function look like, and what do you think the value it can bring to any organization if it is set up correctly?
0: Sure. So I want to I want to take a step back before I get into it. Right. I, mm-hmm. I think first, a good sourcing function is is designed to solve for the right problems. And that, and that can look different everywhere, right? And I also want to recognize that a sourcing function can be any size, too. It could just be one person, like, like I was when I first started. Uh, and you know, when you're setting it up, ideally you have leaders who understand sourcing um, and have an appreciation for the value that a sourcer can bring to the organization, right? Uh, and, and then I think... If a sourcing function is doing its job properly, it's able to advise the business on whether or not the hiring plans they have for the organization is the right one. And what, so what does that look like? You know, I, I, think, I think you have kind of, it's a combination of things, right? You have to have the right tools and, and approaches to market intelligence. You have to have the right approach to, you know, how you engage active and, and passive candidates. Uh, and you have to have the right ways to 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 kind of pre-assess talent before they enter the process with with the recruiter. You know that can look and feel differently depending on the organization and the size. And then you know it, you know it, basically the value that the sourcing function can bring is that the business business is able to grow without talent acquisition being the, the bottleneck to to the organization.
1: And this is a really important point that you, you made. It's You have to know what problem you're trying to solve. And I guess this is the reason why not every company has either a sourcer or a sourcing function, because A, they don't know sometimes what problem they're actually trying to solve. And then they don't understand what sourcing actually does. And that's why sometimes they also get the recruiter to wear multiple hats on and be like, hey, can you just do this? Because they don't understand the value that it can bring. And sometimes I use the analogy of when you're building a house. So you have to have the foundations pretty set. You have to know what it is you're building. So when you think about your tools, when you think about, you know, your your pipeline management, when you think about your workforce planning, all of that has to mirror up in some shape or form. That puzzle needs to fit. Whether it's now, whether it's three months later, they all need to fit in some shape or form.
0: Yeah, I, I love that analogy. And and I think too, right, like when you think of a recruiting organization when it's first being started, that foundation is probably just recruiters and 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 no one else and that recruiter is doing to your point 10 or 15 different things right and then as time goes on and and a business scales and the recruiting function scales you then sort of have specialization right and and uh, as you're creating this recruiting function talent acquisition function trying to determine where you need the specialization to solve for what's most important for your recruiting organization becomes more and more important, and having a good understanding of of what sourcing can bring uh, will help sort of form that right sourcing function for for the business.
1: Sometimes I get really baffled and confused when I have people who've been in the the talent landscape for you know a long time be like, "What is sourcing?" And while it's complementary of the fact that it gives me an ammunition to educate people a lot more, it's still I still get really confused by the fact that people still don't know what sourcing is.
0: Yeah, well, and I think too, part of it could be, and I don't want to speak for everyone, but it could be that maybe the sourcing function or the the leader maybe hasn't done a good job of showing the value that they've brought. So as a result, people don't know what really what it does. And I'm sure we'll get into this more, right? But how many times sort of have you sort of heard like sourcers say, oh, like the only way I can grow is to become a recruiter or how many times have you sort of seen this sort of frustration or clash between a rec- uh, with a recruiter about their sourcers? It's because they don't maybe understand what it is that they do or, or the value that they can bring. So I, I hear you. There's just so much that's unknown in our industry uh, still today.
1: I actually had someone reach out to me the other day saying, hey, can we have a chat because I want to move from agency to internal because I feel like this transition is going to make me step up and, and be a better recruiter. And I kind of got where they were coming from because that was a lot of my own transition. But it also made me question why. Because when you look at agency versus internal landscape, agency is a lot more fast-paced in its own right. So just what you were saying kind of made me think of that conversation at the same time. Vipal, you were, you know, we, we talk about the importance of internal mobility, creating pathways for teams, and your point around your introduction on where teams, people sometimes don't know how to source. With sourcing, you know, what innovative methods are companies using to upskill their teams? So let's talk about, you know, when you were the director of recruitment at Meta, that means you were overseeing the tech sourcing function or the talent function. I'm really curious to talk about your bootcamp initiative that I know you had mentioned a couple of months ago when we spoke. Is there anything that you're happy to share with us Mm. around how it was tailored to the sourcing needs of the business? And what was the impact on an individual or the team's professional development?
0: Sure. So, so to set the stage just a little bit on that, right? Um, this was a phase in which we were going through a pretty massive expansion, and you know, in terms of one of the things we were looking at solving for was when you're growing a recruiting team, and and you 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 anticipate sustained growth it's highly likely that attrition is going to be a big, uh, is going to be something that you face. And across APAC and EMEA specifically, you know, sorcerer in the tech space kind of has a negative connotation. So you can sus- expect that maybe that you know, people will start to leave. Uh, and if you want to kind of continue or that you're going to continue to grow. And if you want to sort of continue to have more sorcerers in your team, You're going to have to create a way, you're going to have to create more sorcerers because there's not many out there to begin with. And so this is nothing new. Uh, I I, I don't want to claim that I created something uh, new or anything like that. But one of the things that uh, we we did, and I I want to give all the credit in the world to um, a woman named Anat Talb in in Israel. She's the one that really helped drive this. And, And I was just lucky enough to be able to find the right person who knew how to do this. Uh, Within the organization, we decided to sort of centralize this boot camp, where we took took people from, you know, recruiting coordinators, uh, customer service, bank like banking, and people had no sourcing experience whatsoever, and put them through this twelve month boot camp. And those individuals would get the right training, the right mentorship, and they would have to pass certain certain milestones along the way. And you know, after the idea was after the after the twelve months, if there was a full time role, they would they would be offered one, right? One of the things that we noticed is that these individuals that had gone through this boot camp were outperforming new sources that we had hired that had had already been sources before. You know, we thought there was a lot of different reasons for that, but one of the things that we pinpointed really was the amount of time we took with the sourcers on how to best understand the profiles that they were sourcing for and really having it, you know, sort of tailor-made for, for, for someone who had never, who had never hired anyone in tech before to, to hire that person. And so what ended up happening is that teams started coming to us saying, Hey, can I take, you know, this, uh, training module that you have for how to hire my profile and and (laughs) use it with the rest of my team? so i you know I think that that's one example right of of how you're able to uh really train people uh in in into sourcing and and maybe give them a start of a new career again I don't want to claim that this is something new I know lots of companies have been doing this one of the things that we did is that we made sure that those people the people that were in this program were in that program together for that entire twelve months I think the difference that a lot of companies have is We'll put you in this program for a month, and then you're going to be dispersed. And so that's the one change that we we did is we kept them together for that time frame. And, and I, I do think that
1: yielded some really positive results. And I think it's important because in talent acquisition, by default, there is some form of pathways for us in recruitment as recruiters. But I haven't seen like a calf pathway for, for sourcing as such. And while you were speaking, it was reminding me of, you know, in, in engineering, when you have the dual ladder of, you know, if you want to be go down the individual track or you want to go down the management track. And if we created something very similar within DA, because not everyone wants to be a manager, people are good at leading initiatives yeah. or projects, but people don't want to lead people. You know, that's the other thing.
0: <laughs> one other thing that uh, one of my leaders did, um, and I'll call it the names because I, I want to make sure I'm giving the credit. Uh, his name's Connor Higgins, he's, uh, he's in Dublin. One of the things he actually did is take, take that engineering uh, approach. And um, they, basically in the engineering world, they're called archetypes, right? And so so he, he developed sorcerer archetypes for the sourcing team. And basically what that does is it maps out to a sorcerer, what does it mean to deliver at the next level uh, so they can start taking ownership of their career and say, oh, OK, this is what I'm doing today. And this is what I should be doing if I want to be, you know, be be promoted, right, as an example. And if you can show people what that looks like and say, OK, you're in the driver's seat now. You figure out, you know, do you want to go there, the work that goes into it, and I'll I'll be here to help you. Right, The the map can really drastically change, you know, how long someone stays in in sourcing and, and sort of how they feel about about that as a career.
1: That's brilliant. Calling out people's names, I'll shout out to uh, shout out to Dennis Dinkovich. And recently, there was a big debate mm-hmm. going on on LinkedIn about sources being seen as a junior. And he's created this career pathway from being seen as a junior sourcer to mid-level to senior and upwards. It's a very compelling document because it's not only about where you see yourself, but even when you go in for salary negotiations or promotions, it gives you a lot more ammunition to be like, hey, this is where I was, this is where I'm now, and this is where I want to go to. So there's definitely room for us to be doing a lot more in, in those areas as well. So thank you so much for sharing some of that with us. Last question from Maya and Vipal, from your experience and perspective, what are the most misunderstandings rather about sourcing in the tech industry or any industry for that matter? And what truths would you like to highlight instead that that you've come across?
0: Yeah, sure. No, I appreciate that. Um, I think number one, it, and I mentioned this earlier, that that the only way to grow as a sorcerer is to become a recruiter. You know, I, I think that's a myth that I would like to bust uh, as much as I can. And you know, in terms of the how, how do you do that? Right. I talked about the archetypes, but I, I think also if you have the luxury of allowing for specialization within the sourcing field, you know, that can be a great way for a sourcer to find their calling. Um, you know, I, I saw this specifically with market intelligence or research, right? Where certain sourcers they really thrived in that aspect of sourcing. And so they were able to move into roles where their sole area was, was research. For some, that may not be what you want to do every day. But for others, that's exactly where they wanted to spend their time and, and develop their career further. So I, I think, you know, as a as, a, as a recruiting or, or sourcing leader, being able to sort of create those pathways for your, your sourcers. And, and not just say recruiter is the only way to develop your career, I think, is really critical. I think the other misconception that I see, and, and, and more generically, right, is that, you know, we, we need the next new thing to be successful. And and I'm not here to diminish AI tools. I'm not here to say that those aren't, you know, an important sort of next step in our evolution as a craft. But what I am here to say is that the, without the fundamentals of knowing what does good outreach look like, what does you know a a good uh, approach to its talent strategy look like? Without those, you can't sort of put the add-ons there to to improve the output. It, it just just doesn't work.
1: Your second point actually reminds me of you know how we all tend to jump on the bandwagon because everybody else is jumping on the bandwagon. But you're right; we need to have a proper strategy in place for that. And to your first point. Do you think that a recruiter and a sourcer or, or a recruiter who wants to be a sourcer, do they have to have not just slightly different skills? Because even within sourcing, there are slightly different facets to it. There are sources who are a lot more technical than other sources. There are sources who are a little more functional than the technical sources. meaning some prefer more of the candidate outreach and engagement. Some people prefer the finding aspect of it. So do you think that people need to have slightly different attributes if they're trying to go become more of a sourcer?
0: I think the curiosity and pro- and detective skills are probably a, a, a huge driver of, of if you're going to be a successful sourcer or not. I think that's really important. The other thing too is is just extremely strong organizational skills. You know, and and I think the ability to know when you're the when you're the most productive at doing certain tasks. I know that could probably be for any job, right? But if you break it down from a sourcing perspective, understanding that okay, I'm best at sort of doing my my actual like trying to hunt candidates at, in the morning, right? Or I'm best at doing that at, in the afternoon. And I'm best at talking to candidates, you know, at th- these times and scheduling your day around where you're the most productive. That is a skill that is so important for, for success, uh, considering, you know, how varied a sorcerer's role can be. And then the detective aspect, right? If If you don't like trying to, find where you know someone's email address or if you don't like being able to say hey how do i how do i come up with a new market or, or a new uh, organization to find this type of talent the, the role probably isn't for you
1: and i think also one thing is like if companies do have sources invest in them in whichever way you can, put them in boot camps. put them, uh, I don't know if you know Balash Paroxy. He's um, got this amazing academy called the Source Code Academy. I'm a part of that. And they're always constantly uploading new challenges. So they have like beginner level, mid-level, and expert level. And you can constantly keep challenging yourself from a Boolean search perspective and different ways. Like there's always something new to learn. I always say to people, if your company's not investing in you, invest in yourself, because if that's the path you want to take, then just do it. Vipul, this has been fantastic. And thank you so much for your invaluable insights, especially, you know, sharing around Bootcamp in in a place like Meta. Vipul, thank you once again so much. And everyone, thanks for listening and stay crafty. Thanks, thanks. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. And we'll be back next week with another exciting episode. If
0: you found this valuable, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. That helps others find the show and we greatly appreciate it. Once again, Happy sourcing and stay crafty
1: until next time.